Thank you so much for joining us on another edition of Tifosi Football Radio. My name is Christian Valdez-Dicacchio. And this is Giuliano Caleri. And it is Sunday, January the 9th. Once again, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, there are three of us again today. So, Nick, thanks so much for joining us again on uh, today's Very podcast. Uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. No problem. So, the three of us will be breaking down match day 21. Uh, a lot of uh, crazy results. Uh a lot of heartbreaking results, a lot of everything. So, well, let's jump right in, guys. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about match day twenty one. So, first and foremost, there have been two go- two games that are that are still yet to be played as they've been pushed uh, by a day or two. Uh, so, Torino Fiorentina goes tomorrow, uh, January the tenth, and Cagliari Bologna goes Tuesday, January the eleventh. Uh, so those teams are yet to play for match day 21. So match day 21 is not officially over, but uh, let's break down the games that did happen today. And we're going to, of course, start with uh, the first game. So AC Milan kick off uh, the uh, match day 21 with Venezia in Venezia and basically hand them uh, an ass kicking of uh, 3 nothing. Uh, really no surprise here, guys. And uh, Jules, you've been saying uh, this Venezia team has uh, has been toothless as of late, and uh, they come out in this game toothless yet again. Yeah, terrible showing. Uh, and Paolo Zanetti knows it too. He said it. They were just outclassed, slow. Uh, I mean, it goes to show when you put a Bayern Munich flop in the midfield to start when he's probably had very little training time uh Kind of goes to show you where this team's at right now, Venezia. I mean, you know, we can't put expectations too high, especially against Milan. So uh, it was an expected loss, but the way they lost was uh, it was telling. It wasn't. It's not good for Venezia right now. They they're in a rotten streak of form, and uh, Paolo Zanetti needs to turn it around. Especially with we got some teams at the bottom starting to win games. So yeah, it's uh, yeah, they just got to turn around ASAP. Big time, big time. And uh, that temporarily put uh, AC Milan top of the table. Uh, But we'll get into the other game, the other Milan team later on in the episode. Up next, it was a uh, a thrashing of Empoli. Sassuolo just totally destroying Empoli 5-1 in this game. Um, I mean, uh, Giacomo Raspadori, two goals. Uh, Gianluca Scamacca, two goals. Domenico Berardi hits a penalty. These are the three guys we've been talking about. And yeah. they uh, come up with five goals in this game. So, uh, And Scamacca was a difference. He comes on and, I mean, they were winning by them, but he comes on and he immediate impact. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's such a great player. And, yeah, Raspadori's hit form. Fratesi comes on too, another guy that was missing in the in the previous fixture. Who uh, got subbed on, and right away he started. Uh, I think he got a assist or two, and yep. with an impact immediately in the midfield. And yeah, they just they schooled Ampoli. Uh, the biggest change from their previous meeting was Liam Henderson was playing in the number ten position uh, mm-hmm. in the previous meeting, and Barami, now who's maybe not known for his defensive capabilities, was occupying the number ten position. I think that kind of threw the balance of the of the defensive approach that they had in the first game out of out of whack. Because Liam Henderson was the best player for Empoli, so to put him kind of on the periphery left side, I think it backfired on uh, uh, Adelio there, tactical tactics wise. So, but Sassuolo very impressive, 
Yeah, absolutely. Nick, your uh, your soft spot team, Empoli here, get thrashed. Yeah, I was definitely a surprise. Uh, I was a little bit surprised. I knew they were going to... Um, eventually, the the wheels were going to fall off a little bit for Empoli as uh, they were riding their luck a little bit, but I didn't expect this kind of thrashing. Um, you know, going toe-to-toe against Lazio, I... Uh, thought they could do a little bit better with Sassuolo but uh this was uh this was definitely a bringing them down to earth game so uh good job for Sassuolo yeah definitely uh I want my point I want my point uh let's go on to the next game guys and that next game Atalanta that 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 uh, Atalanta uh, absolutely <laughs> obliterating Udinese six to two. Uh, but to be fair, this Udinese team, they uh, it wasn't it wasn't the full Udinese team. Yeah, I mean, we had uh, Daniele Padelli in that, who hasn't seen a minute in uh, God only knows how long, and uh, they just wow they. They looked horrendous in this game. Now, was it more so, guys, getting your opinion out here, was it more so the, the fact that Udinese uh, was basically fielding their, their, their bench and uh, that totally changed this game around? Or was it just the fact that Atalanta was just, this was their game, they were on, and they completely dominated Udinese? Like, what, what are your thoughts on this game? Well, I think uh, Atalanta was definitely going to win this game. They had been sort of in a slump uh, once the uh, Christmas break happened. So they were always going to come out uh, a bit with a bang in the second half of the season. Uh, Would the score have been as high if uh, Udinese fielded their full team? Uh, Probably not, but this this is typical of Atalanta... They're they're running up the score. Their style of play. Their very offensive prowess in the, in the in the, in the later third of the uh, of the half. Um, nah, I'm 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 pretty much. Uh, this is typical Atalanta. Uh, minus the uh, crazy big score. I mean, we've seen Atalanta do this to a full team squad uh, before, so no surprises here. Giuliano, yeah. thoughts? Yeah, uh, I wouldn't say. It's that much of a weaker squad for Udine. This is pretty much their side and starting team. Uh, yeah, Padelli's in net, but everyone else is a starter in the team. Uh, maybe Udoji, you take him out of the midfield and you have Arslan there, but it's essentially the starting lineup, and they just got schooled. Uh, Delefeu and Pusueto are not defenders, so when you're playing both of them, you're going to get caught out on the wings and in the middle of the park like they like they did, and Atalanta just outnumbered them and outran them in, in those positions and it was it was it was game over right away uh Udine didn't have a chance but credit to Beto uh continuing his good goal scoring form but Udine it's a mess they just sold one of the best defenders too Samir to uh Watford and uh, I guess their parent club we can say in the Premier League so pretty much it looks like Udine is an afterthought for the Pozzo family right now oh big time they are definitely an afterthought and this Udinese team, a historic club uh, in in the city, uh, in 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 Italy in general, and it's it's a shame. If I'm an Udinese fan, I, I I'm furious with how the uh, 
how the Putzel family is dealing with this. Clearly, Watford is the priority. And, uh, and Udinese, like you said, Giuliano, is a complete afterthought. And it's a complete shame. If I'm a, if I'm a Udinese fan, I am uh, definitely protesting in the streets because uh, this is not... This is not the kind of Udinese we want to see in Serie We want to go back to the days where they were punching above their... Well, not punching above their weight, but punching in that top half of the table, uh, giving big teams a run for their money and uh, sometimes finishing in the top four. And it'd be nice to see Udinese back in that kind of form. But uh, it looks like they are going to be far away from that for quite some time. On to the next game, Napoli squeaking out a one nothing victory against Sampdoria. Credit to a Giuliano's favorite player, Andrea Patania, scoring <laughs> the game winning goal here. What a uh, what an awkward bicycle kick it was too. <laughs> it was yeah. It was or a scissor uh, kick, whatever you want to define it as. He shinned it. He looked awkward turning, but hey, he scored. I mean Yeah. Give him credit. But Lorenzo Insigne, TFC's future goes down. Untouched, with yeah, the but he's he's it's not like he's coming right away. So I know, but they'll still. have plenty of time to those injuries. To they add up. They add oh, up. Sure. That's true. Those injuries they add up. I honestly think that in the first thirty minutes, Lorenzo Insigne did nothing. Anyways, to be honest with you, uh, yeah. I think Poli- Matteo Politano made a was a much bigger uh, was an upgrade uh, coming on for uh, coming on for Lorenzo Insigne, even though he only came on because Insigne got hurt. Uh, Napoli looked a little more dangerous with Politano coming on. I think uh, Politano now needs to, and Luciano Spalletti needs to ride with Politano. We know Lorenzo Insigne is leaving um, at the end of the season, so why not run with Politano? This is going to be your future. This is the guy you're going to be running with on that side going forward. So why waste a time on uh, Lorenzo Insigne, in my opinion? Um other than yeah. that, this Napoli team did not impress me at all. I think the Andrea Patagna goal was a kind of a fluke if you look at it. Yes, it was a bicycle kick, but there was a little commotion in the box. Uh, everybody thought there was a foul, a potential foul happening, and then Patagna takes advantage of, the t- of that opportunity while everybody's distracted and the, and the ball goes in, in my opinion. So yeah. I think Napoli's I think, very... F- Go ahead. But that's a little harsh, I think, because Napoli, we got to remember who's out of this team they're missing uh almost half their starting 11 this team no they and, are missing half their starting and th- 11. this is milan too i should have said too the amount of players they're missing the way these two clubs have started the new year on on this form missing so many players because after cup of nations injuries covid whatever they've kept it together pretty good and they haven't dropped uh many points if any at all so i'd give i'd give credit to napoli in this game because this is a tricky game and they came out on top with uh not even their second secondary striker. This is probably their third, fourth string striker, uh, and they found uh, a way to win with Juan Jesus in the back too. So uh, I will, I will give them that. I will give them that. But if it's another team, there's no way they're winning this game. That's what I. That's what I will say. So they need to figure out, make more adjustments sooner than later, um, or else uh, they're going to be out of the top four real fast, in my opinion. Um, uh, we did see Tuanzebe come on, so good to see him get a couple minutes under under his feet since his uh, recent transfer from Manchester United into Napoli. So we'll see what he brings to the table in the matches to come. On to the next game, guys. Yeah, Gen- yeah, Genoa Spezia, Spezia coming out Pulling with out a, a win. Yeah, pulling out a win. 
put out a massive win. Um, this has got to be the end of Shev- be the end of Shevchenko. Well, they're no? they're already talking about it. They're they're considering his job now. Yeah, this has got to be the end now. I mean, uh, this is this was a must win game, and uh, it was a must win game for both both uh, both clubs and for both managers. And uh, Spezia are the ones that came out on top. Just Genoa, just they had nothing. The only guy on the field that really showed any life, in my opinion, was Salvatore Sirigu. Like, what did you guys think of this game? Well, you know, it's uh, I was very shocked. I had uh, I had Genoa um, scrapping out a point here, but uh, I think Jules discussed this last podcast. Uh, they they don't really have an attack. They don't shoot on net. Uh, it, it's starting to show up with them. And this was a big three points point game for both teams. And Genoa is going home without it. And if Cagliari still fires in all directions, uh, we could see uh, Genoa get very, very deep and behind the outside looking into relegation teams. And it's going to be very scary for such a historic club like Genoa to be... uh, Facing that uh, predicament. Yeah, absolutely, Jules. What are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I think Sheva. Uh, it's been unacceptable. It's it's time to go. The team can't get any shots. They haven't. You know, it's been a somewhat difficult run he's had. He's had ten matches. He's they, you know they've only won one, drawn three, and uh, they lost the remainder. So I think the win was in a Copa Italia too, if I'm not mistaken, against Salernitana. So. Uh, and the Serie itself, it hasn't, it hasn't been good. It's been terrible, and the it's been a complete downgrade from Ballardini. Uh, yeah, it, it really has. And, and I want to ask you guys. I mean, in the just just this just last summer, uh, Shevchenko guides a Ukrainian team to the quarterfinals. Um, to the quarterfinals, and he goes from that to 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 Genoa, wh- where they just they can't do they can't muster anything together do you guys think that it's just do you you guys believe that maybe the summer was just a fluke or do you think it's just because with the ukraine you have more talented players because you're playing international football and you just cannot implement those kind of tactics here with this genoa team uh for me personally, I just think he's not uh, up to snuff for the city. I don't think international football is completely different. You don't have to be as tactical. It's about motivation, getting a group of guys together in a short amount of time, and and just player management. It's tactics kind of international matches aren't as tactical as club as club football. So you can tell he's uh, he's definitely missing a few strengths as both tactically because he's being outcoached by everybody. Uh, his only tactic is to sit back <laughs> and pray his strikers convert the one shot they get on net. So uh, international football at the club, it doesn't translate. It's a completely different f- form of managing a, a team, in my opinion. Yeah, and you have to go a whole, a whole pretty much a year of consistent coaching and consistent results, whereas in a tournament mode, uh, it's more of a sprint. You know, you get a group of guys together, you go on a decent run, uh, and you know, by the end of it, it's you're looking at a month tops, uh, where you know, club football, you're looking at a whole year's worth of uh, 
constant uh, planning, constant uh, playing. Uh, it's more of a marathon, uh, as we as you guys alluded to before. So I just don't think, I think he's a bit way over his head right now. What are your yeah. th- opinion of him, uh, Christian? I mean... Is he going to stay or is he going to go, you no, think? No, he's gone. He's finished. Okay. He's he's absolutely finished. Um, yeah, he's just not up to snuff with the... With the it disappoints me because I think this is a guy that he spent a significant amount of his career almost it's almost in its enti- in its entirety in in the city ah so if there's a guy that understands city ah it would be Andrei Shevchenko but at the same time like we've been alluding to Giuliano I mean the city ah has changed significantly just over the past couple of years so it's a it's a totally to me, it feels like it's a totally it's a it's a different league. It's a it's a rapidly evolving league. I mean, you're seeing, we're seeing the uh, we're seeing the abandonment of Catanacho, and we're, is Serie A not the highest scoring league in the top five? Yes, like that, Germany and Italy are pretty much yeah on par with each other. Yeah, they're on par with each other, but Italy's never really been up there for that. No, no. Like no. it's more Italy. The old school Serie A was more sit back, defend. It was like a game of chess. And so these tactics that I think that Andrei Shevchenko is bringing to, to Genoa is it's the old school train of thought and he's unable to adapt. And that's a, that's a huge problem. And I mean, for a, for a manager that should be up and coming like Andrei Shevchenko, he should be able to adapt. He should be able to make those adjustments and he, he just can't. So I don't know. If if it's better for him to 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 maybe go into a lower either a lower division in Italy or go into a I guess a lesser less lesser caliber league whether that be over here in North America or or yeah, or I, th- um, I think he's gonna have to go to a less caliber league he, he is. Uh... He won't be getting a job in Italy anytime soon again. No, after uh, this, no, no one's gonna go not. for him. There's no point of going for him. No, absolutely not. So, I mean, that's that's basically Andrei Shevchenko in a nutshell. Uh, and uh, this Genoa team, I mean, there looks it looks like they're they're more and more destined for Serie B, which is a shame. Uh, but it is what it is. You can just hope that they bounce back and uh, and, and go from there. But uh, Let's move on to this game. Let's move on to the next game that was on the mm. docket. <laughs> For those of you that are listening, you can probably tell that I'm in a really pissy mood about the, and the, the reason why is this game. Uh, it it was the uh, it basically sums up being a Roma fan yeah, for the last 33 years of my life. And I was about uh, to say this is the most Roman way to lose ever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Juve beating Roma four to three, uh, Roma absolutely collapsing and, and, and collapsing within seven minutes. Seven blowing a minutes. two goal lead, right? Blowing a two goal lead. It was three one. Three one. Three one. Blowing a two goal lead, and uh, against a team that has been struggling mightily to score. <laughs> Can't get more than a goal a game. Yeah, and they put four. They get today. four. 
They put four in today, and, and then you have a chance to tie the game because you're given a penalty, and then you're... Well, you miss it, then you miss the rebound. Then you miss... Yeah, I mean... Uh, yeah, I just... And then there you go, an old ex-Roma player saving the day. The next, yeah, old Roma, but that's true as well. <laughs> And, and, the <laughs> like new ta- just, and the new and the new Totti too missing the penalty. And the new Totti, like, well, I mean, in all fairness to him, I mean that, uh, I mean penalties, whatever. But I mean that that free quick was brilliant. Oh, like, oh yeah. But I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just goes to show you, like a Roma fan, you go from this brilliant uh, free kick dead ball specialist uh, situation where uh, you know everybody's praising him and people are throwing the new Totti, the new king of Rome, blah blah blah. And then you have the penalty. And the penalty wasn't even to win or extend your league. It's to literally salvage the point that your whole team shit on. Yeah. And you missed that. So, I mean, I mean, I was watching the game. I mean, it was uh, the first half was amazing. I was The first 70 happy. minutes. The first 70 minutes. Well, the first 70 minutes, yeah, was great. I mean, I'm just, uh, I'm like, okay, uh, Tammy Abraham, I mean, not just the goals, but all the little flicks and tricks he's doing, and they're not just not going anywhere in these flicks and tricks. They're going, they're doing something, he's doing something with them. I got, uh, I mean, we figured out, uh, I mean, uh, Juve was terrible at uh, set-piece defending and corner kicks, so we're we're killing them there too. I think when DeShilio, of all people, scores the fourth goal, I just, I just, all my wife could hear me is yelling, of course, of course, of course, of course. I think that was his second yeah. ever Juve goal as well. That was, yeah. that was his first goal, I think, since 2019 or 2017. Yeah, and you, you just, it's, you know, it's, I don't know, it's, it's frustrating because, I mean, uh, you know, it's not, it's not like, you know, we've been watching Roma for like the past 10 years. Like, I got a jersey's older than some of the kids that talk to me about Roma, you know, like, uh, um, like, uh, you know, th- this used to be, uh, like we used, like, I don't know. I think, I think we we're talking about this, uh, Christian last time about how the Romanistas, uh, and the re- the Roman media, you know, it's, it's such a pressure cooker, but I mean, I really think we have to like come down off that pedestal and realize that we aren't what we used to be. Like, yes, historically the club and the crest and all that is still there. But in terms of what we're doing on the field, I mean, maybe some of us need to come down a little bit and come back to earth before we realize we can go up because this isn't like this isn't uh this isn't fun to watch anymore no it's not it's 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 absolute torture it's absolute 110 percent torture watching this i mean this is this is roma in a nutshell they are a roller coaster they went from up high to the top of the mountain right to rock bottom in one fucking game and uh the first 70 minutes of this game, that was the best Roma's played all season. I would say even better than that Atalanta game. And then that's So what did second, you like what did you like about that 70 minutes? That, they they had they had Juve on the was, ropes. They had Juve yeah, on the was, ropes. The midfield was supporting the defense. The counterattack was working. The midfield link to Tammy Abraham was working. Everything was clicking. That's they they they've they bought into the the way Mourinho the way I think Mourinho wants this Roma team to play is how they played in the first seventy minutes. They were bastards. They were hard. They they just they dominated Juve. They dominated. And you know Juve. for 
for for you Juve having such that rock solid defense, you know, uh, we exposed that defense on set pieces. They well, they could not, well, they could not, they could not, they could not man mark us on corners for nothing. Well, I mean, when you like, they, look at garbage, yeah. But at the same time, you got to look at who they had back there. And they had Rugani, who's playing like his second game all season, and then you got the yeah. Lit, who was an absolute disaster in this game. He had his worst game ever. I, I mean. I yeah, don't but think that's supposed to be the error. That's supposed to be Chiellini and Bonucci's error. No, they're they're not. They're definitely but not. That's, that's, I think, that's where you got to give you got to give Abraham though credit for how he handled the lick. Oh, game. I'm off. I'm I, oh, I, yeah. I I'm I'm totally off criticizing Tammy Abraham. He's now earned his he's earned his money. I cannot criticize him. He's come in. He scored the goals that I wanted him to score to prove that he's worth the money. He's worth the money. So you have to buy an Abraham shirt now. I can't criticize Tammy. Uh, Lorenzo Pellegrini, I can't criticize him. I understand he missed the penalty. He missed the rebound. Shit happens. But, I mean, Lorenzo played very well. I am sick and tired of Rodri Banez. I'm sick and tired of Jordan Vertu. I'm just sick and tired of those guys. I'm sick and tired of Rui Patricio, too. I'm sick and tired of him. Uh, it's, I'm just, I'm absolutely frustrated with those three guys. Uh, I mean, Jose Mourinho, Jose Mourinho throws in, throws Maitland Niles to the Wolves. The guy that just got to, guy that just got to Roma on loan from Arsenal. Here you go. You just got to Rome. Welcome. Now you're going to be thrown into this game against Juve, which is. I didn't, I didn't think, I didn't think he did, I didn't think he did so bad. I think he handled, I mean, for someone that's coming into a new league. He was got caught out. He got caught out on the one goal. No, he did get yeah, caught up. But I mean, like I've seen, I've seen, especially a lot of. I mean, Tammy Abraham, he he took. Tammy Abraham got gets forty million and took way longer to settle into Roma than Miles, in my opinion. Well, I mean, I'll one give, game. This is man. this is where I don't want to focus too much on Roma here because I got to give credit to Juve where, where where there's credit. But I mean, everything went the way of Roma. Uh, Chiesa goes off hurt, their most creative player. It's. Possible ACL rupture as well. Possible, yeah. Well, well, we hope, we wish him well, and we hope, wish, hope him for a speedy recovery. I really do. But that's it. it was it was right in Roma's hands. Juve had nothing. They had absolutely nothing. And then that's that fucking second goal goes in, and they fall apart. And that third goal, that tying goal, they were there were six six Roma players plus Patricio. Look at the replay. Look at the highlights. There were six Roma players in the eighteen yard box plus Patricio, and they basically let him just walk in. And the same thing with Decilio. Nobody took Decilio on the fourth goal. Are you kidding me? This guy is one of the worst players I've ever seen in Serie A, and you let a guy like Decilio, who is a defenseman, walk in and shoot like that? Are you kidding so me? So really, Christian? Who I mean, now who do we who do we blame? Who do we have left to blame for this? <laughs> like, I mean, you can't blame Mourinho. He he set us up for their mental. This uh, this Roma pretty good. I, I don't understand well, this. Mourinho the, didn't react to Allegri's subs. No, you know. It, but I think by then Mourinho got cocky and thought he had this game won. I'll tell you the the second. I'll tell you, and this is where we lost the game. As soon as Afina Gian came off for Shamarodov, that's when Juve scored right away. That's that's it. Shamarodov didn't pick up his man, couldn't handle Quadrado, and that was it. That was it. Uh, I don't know about that. It, it was coming from Morata was a difference maker. So 
it had to do more with the center midfields not holding their own again. Vertu losing his losing his player. Uh, you know, the, the Shomorodov came on after the second goal was scored. So came on right before. It was right before. Yes. So I have it at this as the seventy first minute. The goal was scored in the seventieth minute. Sean okay. Here, sorry. But. Sorry. So he was he came off he, he came off after the second goal was scored for Juve. So it's hard to blame him. I thought Roma played a lot better without Zaniolo on the team, but Roma have a mental block at the end of the day. It's a bit of it's a bit of Mourinho's fault for not reading the subs. Allegri saw the subs made them. Um, Roma didn't react till it was too late, and they paid the consequences. But for whatever reason, this mental block Roma has against the big teams has to be has to be solved, <laughs> and God knows what the answer is. Yeah. I know, and and At we all point. know we all know what the papers are going to say in Rome tomorrow. They're going to say Mourinho out. They're going to say Tiago Pinto out. They're going to say get rid of the Friedkins. They're going to say get rid of everybody. And it's like, guys, you know what? We're in a project. We just started this project. You cannot get rid of Tiago Pinto now. The guy hasn't even had a full season under his belt with Roma. So you got to give him time, and you got to give Jose Mourinho time until the end of the season at least, because he's on a three-year, seven million a year season contract. So. You don't have a choice, and uh, you're bringing in the guys that he's asking for now, and you just have to ride with it, and uh, it's going to take time. At the end of the day, Juve wins a ma- they they win a massive game. They're they're just outside the top four now. They're just outside the top four. Roma top four, it's finished. It's done. There's no way. There's no way. Yeah, I, I it's uh, I would be happy with. Uh challenging for Europa League but the only I mean, way we got, we, the only way Roma gets into the Europa League is if they win the Coppa Italia that's it they're not going to be well they're not going to be top 5 now there's no way but guys let's move on to another game this game was a huge upset uh let's talk about Verona Salernitana so I didn't see this coming no, I, this no was, I don't think anybody in the world saw this coming this was stupid but you know what the way this game went the penalty was complete Fraud. I want to ask uh, you guys about that. I don't. That's not a penalty, man. No, that's a foul on yeah. uh, Gondos knocking over the defender. Exactly. I don't know in what world that's a penalty. First of all, well, the I was blown when I saw that referee that. platform's open now, right? So I'd I would like love to, to see hear them the explain that. Yeah, that was the worst penalty call I've ever seen. Yeah, and there's been a lot in City. That was that was terrible. It was terrible. It was terrible. And then, they, and then they scored a free kick. And so Salernitana rolled their luck big time in this game. Oh, big time. Uh, but the ref and then obviously scoring a, a terrific free kick. No goals in open play. Yeah. Uh, but Halas Verona didn't show up. And this is Igor Tudor. This is his biggest slump he's had to deal with all season. So uh, they're also a team that's out of form. And he needs to turn things around because uh, they're not winning too many games uh, anymore. Yeah, and they're not as potent as they were offensively. So something's happening, and Twitter needs to fix it. Salonitana, a bit lucky, but yeah. you take every anything you can get when you're fighting for relegation, right? Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. We talk about it all the time. Every team has a dip in the season. This is clearly Hellas Verona's dip. How does Igor Tudor guide them out? We will have to wait and see. Um, just didn't happen get for on. them today. Yeah, it didn't. Let's get on to real team already. Yeah, let's let's let, let, let's uh, <laughs> let's I get know, on to real team. I'm sick I, I of talking about I got this right. I got the score long right. Listen, can I just say? Yeah, you did. Can I just say? 
before when we now that we're on this game and Jules, obviously this is your team, and we'll we'll let you. The floor is yours, but I just want to say two words. Well, just one word. That's all I need to say. Bastoni. That's it. That's all I need to what say. What a goal. Floor what is yours. Goal. What a goal. First. What, uh, what a goal and what a setup. Yes. But first, the way the the team the teams were set up, uh, Simone and Zaghi, I got to give him credit. Sadi approached this game exactly the same way they played uh, the first round of fixture against each other. Uh, brought in Cataldi again, brought in Basic. So he was going more or less the same game plan. Counterattack, find the open space between the defense and midfield. And it was working. Lazio did put us under pressure, uh, but Inter is too good and pretty much shut it down. Uh, he, I like that he brought in Gallardini from Milinkovic Savic to kind of man mark him. That was one thing he did different this game, mm-hmm. and it was uh, pretty effective because Milinkovic Savic was maybe the least effective player in the uh, midfield forward uh, setup there. So terrific mm-hmm. job by him defensively. But Inter, although they conceded that that typical goal, it kind of that's the irritating part. Inter losing the concentration and and screener just said and Chiro just run right past them Divrai missed timing the 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 lofted ball in Andanovic missed timing his run big time those moments drive me nuts as an Inter fan those lapses mm-hmm. uh they, they got to get that out of their game otherwise they're they're pretty much flawless uh, everyone played fantastic i thought the offside was a bit bs mm-hmm. he's offside by his shoulder i would love for him to put a, a a goal in with that part of his body and see if they call that handball cuz technically that shouldn't be offside then yeah, uh, I mean that, uh, that's another thing. That's the one thing I was gonna say. He, he actually brought it down, finished it. It was a beautiful finish, and then they, like, what what was it like a his his like big toenail that was offside? No, it was it was his shoulder. They like, called it his shoulder was offside. So if he scored, shoulder, if he yeah. scored with his shoulder, I would love to see if they would count that as a as a goal or a handball. Yeah, I would love to see what the ruling on the field would be because technically, then if you're that gonna call really it a handball, tough. it shouldn't be a, it shouldn't be uh, offside. But besides that, interplayed. Like I said, flawless. It was a terrific game. They controlled Lazio. They dominated them. They did. Uh, put them under pressure, and they're just continuing this blistering streak that they've been on. It, it feels like they haven't played in forever, and uh, it's just impressive, the, the little tactical tweaks that Inzaghi made and Sadi made. and it was, a good, it was a good battle from both teams. Both coaches really uh, performed well, and both teams performed well, but Inter is just an, on another level compared to every team in the league. You watch you, this weekend; they look way above everyone else. No, they do. What are your thoughts on what do you what do you think of that tandem up top of Sanchez and uh, Martinez? Do you like it, or do you prefer Zeko to Sanchez? I like it. It's different. That's the beauty. We can we can interchange between four guys, no problem. Uh, mm-hmm. Between Joaquin Correa, Jacko, Lautaro Martinez, Alexis Sanchez, they all bring something different. Mm-hmm. Alexis, his styles drop deep, and and act as a playmaker. That's his main role. Lautaro likes to run off the defense. Jacko's that target man. Correa is the dribbler, more direct player. It's it's amazing. You can work combinations with any of those two. So I, I love what Alexis Sanchez brings. Okay. Uh, I got one more question for you. You said yeah. the whole team played well. Yes. And I, I agree with you. I think they played very well. Does that include your buddy there in the midfield, Brozovic? Yes, he played good. He held his own. He, he was good. I think... What a lot of people don't see is what he does off the ball, his positioning on the second ball, the way he wins that second ball is next to none as a deep-lying midfielder. He leaves me sometimes a lot to be desired when he's on the ball. He does a lot of the simple passes, which is good. 
so he, he needs to maybe do some more penetrating passes every once in a while, but it's what he does off the ball running and getting that second ball uh, or the loose ball, whatever you want to call it. He was excellent in that uh, aspect today. For me, he was the best midfielder we had today. So are you okay with Inter handing him that contract extension, or would you still like to see him go? Uh, I'd be fine with them re-signing him. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Nick, thoughts on this game? Yeah, I think Inter's a class uh, above everybody else. It just goes to show. Uh, I got... I predicted the score simply because I knew it was going to be sort of a tactical uh, uh, battle between two coaches, and I knew Lazio was always going to get a goal according to what Jules says, you know, as per shots on goal and goals per shots. Uh, I do think, um, you know, if Inter were to slip the lead at the top, uh, I think it would come down to some sort of unlucky performance where... I don't even think they lose. I think they just tie. And um, uh, whoever leaps ties them for first or leaps in front of them. But that's going to have to be what it takes for Inter to not win the Scudetto is some sort of really unfortunate, unlucky game where, you know, all the stars are aligned and, and, and some team just grounded out a draw. Uh, otherwise, Inter's playing good. I mean, they got... Uh, like Jules said, they got a nice four-rotation man in the front. They got a new upcoming defender. Um, Hadanovic, for whatever we criticize him for, is, uh, you know, he's, he's doing what he's got to do. Um, this is uh, a class above everybody else, but I'd still like to see them uh, show this kind of um, strength in, in Europe. Yeah. I think it's a solid performance from Inter. I think Inter, I don't. I think they're miles ahead of everybody else in the in City. Yeah, I just I don't think they're gonna they're gonna cough up this this uh, this lead in the title race. I really don't. Um, Alessandro Bastoni is uh, in another class, in my opinion. He is the best center back. Italian center back on the planet right now, in my opinion. No this guy can it. defend. He can score. He can set up. And the thing about Alessandro Bastoni is he doesn't have to even have to play center back. I mean, you, I, I would be even tempted if I'm, if I, if I need, if I'm Mancini and I'm Italy, and I need, I need somebody solid in the midfield. I would even try him in a deep midfield ahead of the, ahead of the two center backs. I think he's capable of doing something like that. He's just got, he's great on the ball. The guy knows how to shoot, knows how to tackle, is physical. Like, what, what, what is, what more can you ask from this guy? Um, to and really, he's the, he's the only consistent Italian starting for one of the top teams. <laughs> yeah. you know, like yeah. Kalini's been out quite a bit. Bonucci's been out quite a bit. Uh, Cherby has been on and off, injured, and so it's like, who else is there? But yeah. I guarantee you won't see well, him start. In the, in the yeah, that's what games. I was going to say. I was going to say when they go to these uh, playoff rounds and Bonucci and Chiellini are healthy, uh, what's going to happen? Are you just going with that old guard again? Oh, 100%. Right? It's the Italian way. And, uh, 100%. and that's, that's, that's very frustrating because, uh, you know, as great as the Buffons and all those guys were, they were holding back a lot of untapped raw talent. Yeah. yeah. Well, I wouldn't say Bastoni's raw. I think he's pretty. I think he's. 
He's, I, he's, no, he's still young, though. He's still young. I think he's. I think yeah. what he's capable of doing at his full potential is not there yet. But look yeah. at what he's doing already. Yeah, but if you don't give him a shot, if yeah. you don't make a, if you don't make a statement, if Manchi doesn't make a statement and sits one of the two Bonucci or Chiellini, it's untapped talent. If his name was Matthias de Bastoni, we'd be <laughs> blowing our load all over this guy. That's yeah, that's what would be happening. So maybe that means <laughs> you know. that Bastoni needs to go to Juve in order to get into Italy. No, it, it's because well, he's Italian, and we don't appreciate Italian talent when it's right under our 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 noses. We rather, yeah. you know, we hype up the the foreign signings. You know, it's true. Uh, true. The amount of praise the Lick gets for who he is, Bastoni yeah. doesn't get it. I'll tell you that much. So. No, that's just not. that's just the culture in, in Italian football for whatever yeah, reason. Definitely. We don't like Italian youth players. <laughs> no, we don't. Let's get on to the except Coppa Italia, though. Yeah, let's get on to Coppa Italia. With, yeah, okay. Go ahead. Let's move on to Coppa Italia. There's, so before we preview match day 22, let's talk about these three Coppa Italia games. There's only three this midweek. Uh, and then the last five take place next week. So we'll preview to that. We'll preview the ne- the last five in the next uh, podcast for you. Uh, yes. So let's talk about these games. Uh, first one takes place on Wednesday, January the 12th. Atalanta, Venezia. Does Venezia have any hope in hell in beating Atalanta, guys? Yeah, I mean, with these kind of things, mm, weird things happen, but it should go to Atalanta. Yeah. I mean, if, if Atalanta is going to get a trophy of some kind, it's got to be now. Yeah, yeah, I think, and I, I th- include Copa Italia as a trophy. Oh, of course, I think Atalanta they'll make a run in the Copa Italia. I think this is an easy game for them, especially after we saw what Milan did to them uh, today. Atalanta, what they did to Udine today, I think it just makes sense that you choose Atalanta to beat Venezia. Uh, very interesting game taking place on Thursday, the first of two. Napoli are playing Fiorentina. This is Fiorentina's first game. Well, it will be Fiorentina's second game. Because uh, Fiorentina is going to be playing their game tomorrow. In, yeah, uh, no rest. Day Literally no rest. And then three days later, they're going to be playing Napoli. So That's mayhem. That's mayhem. Only thing I would say is, is Napoli, I think, want to keep the Scudetto dream alive. And Coppa Italia is kind of a, a hindrance to that, especially with COVID. Once again, African Cup of Nations, uh, injuries. So you don't want to, for me, they're not going to want to overextend themselves in this competition. Uh, and and you got to remember they got uh, Europa League still right, so I think Fiorentina takes them oh, here yeah. in this I, game. I think Fiorentina. I think Fiorentina just Fiorentina's squad is a lot healthier than the Napoli squad. On top of that too, so yeah. I think Fiorentina's just gonna walk walk through them this game. So, Nick, what do you think about this game? Patata, two goals from the head. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, it's gonna be. They're. I think they're gonna have a very nice week, and they're gonna win. They're gonna beat Torino. It's gonna Torino game is gonna be a grind, and they're gonna beat Napoli. It's gonna be a narrow win, but they're gonna beat Napoli. Um, on to the final game of Coppa for the midweek from Coppa Italia. Uh, AC Milan and Genoa, guys. Will Shevchenko uh, even get a chance to play against his former team here? I mean, sorry, yeah, not to play, but to play to manage against this former this former yeah. team here. You think Sheva will be on the bench for this game? Well, if they're considering him, no. I I would well, I hope they give him a chance. It'd, it'd be nice to see him at the San Siro playing. But I, I even if he is, I don't give Genoa a chance. I think if Milan's they give him say, a chance, yeah. the thing is, Jules, because the game's on Thursday. If they give him a chance, they have to run with him for at least Sunday too. Another week, yeah, it's true. 
they have to run with yeah. them for another week. If they don't, I'll tell you this: if if there's no announcement by by the end of the day Monday that he's been gone, he's definitely riding out the rest of the week. Yeah, at least. But uh, at the end of the day, Milan are gonna have way too much Milan for the no, win. too much firepower. Yeah, yeah. Milan for the win. Uh, there is a little, there is a little uh, article that I did see yesterday that was uh, of interest to me that I did share with you guys. Um, according to my sources in Poland, it's more than just one guy. But uh, so it looks like uh, Fabio Cannavaro was in Krakow yesterday, uh, going through interviews with the Polish FA. Uh, it looks like Cannavaro is one of the front runners to take charge of the Polish national football team. Uh, that Paulo Souza left uh, for the Flamengo okay. job in Brazil. Uh, my understanding is that interviews went really well, and uh, he could be uh, he could be announced uh, shortly if he's a successful candidate. Well, if he, you can't beat the Italians, you join them, right? But the uh, the one thing I did want to say of that article is Fabio Cannavaro is not the only Italian linked with the job, and that uh, Italian candidate is Andrea Pirlo. So. Andrea Pirlo might be, might be making a comeback as manager, but on the international stage. We will see, and we will keep you posted um, if that gets announced. So, on to match day 22, guys. Take starts on Saturday. And we open up with Sampdoria Torino. Give me your thoughts on this game. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Torino based on what happens with the Fiorentina game. If Fiorentina collects uh, points against Torino, Torino will want to bounce back. Um, Sam Doria is in a bit of a slump right now. But uh, I could see this going neither Torino's way or a tie. Okay. Yeah, I think it'll be an exciting match. I think expect a, a few goals in this match between both teams. As good as Torino is defensively, I think you'll see both teams score and... Uh, It'll be interesting. I think you'll get a, a winner out of this match. I don't think uh, it'll end up in a draw. They'll both go for the win. So, uh, regardless who's going to win, I have no idea, to be honest. But if I had to pick, maybe Torino. But it'll be uh, be an interesting mid-table clash game. Not too much on the line. I think it will be. Uh, I, Torino's road record is absolutely abysmal. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, do they gain some momentum? Can they muster something can they break that duck on the road i don't think they can i'm gonna take sampdoria for the win here they are way overdue for a win and they're at home so so nick choose the opposite <laughs> i gotta choose the opposite i'm <laughs> joking, the opposite. joking. Up next. <laughs> that's fine i know i'm dead last in the pool right now it's terrible I had a brother up your second I had a really rough, uh, I had a really rough uh, match day. Um, anyways, next up, the Claudio Lotito Derby, Salernitana are hosting Lazio. <laughs> How do we see this game, guys? Uh, probably Lazio is definitely going to pull out a thing, unless Salerno is out for some sort of vendetta or something. But I think it's Lazio here. Giuliano. Yeah, Lazio smashed them three 0 last time. I think. Uh... You're going to see maybe even more goals. Uh, like I said, the Salerno win was a, a bit lucky this time around today. So I, I think Lazio, they rebound and get a win. Yeah, I'm with you guys. Lazio all the way. Um, just for this game, though, not for life. Um, <laughs> next, and the final game on Saturday before the, before Sunday's game, Juve host Udinese. What do we think? Uh, you, what do you uh, think, I Christian? say Juve win. 
<laughs> Juve win, Nick. Christian, what do you think? Hands down, Juve win this game. They are that game today that they uh, fired them up. That game fired them up for sure. Uh, yeah. It's going to be interesting You've... to see what they're going to do now if Federico Chiesa's injury is as serious as people are saying it is um, because they lose a whole lot of creativity there and they will need to rely on guys like Alvaro Morata and Paulo Dybala. Um, but this Udinese team, I mean, Juve should smash them, uh, especially if they want top four and they can smell blood. So Juve for the win for me. Yeah, Juve. Juve always wins this fixture. Absolutely. There you go. Uh, then we start on Sunday morning. Uh, Sassuolo are hosting Verona. See, this is a very interesting game because both of them have a lot of good uh, attacking uh, threats. Uh, with Sassuolo being uh, very um, the better of the two. But uh, these are the two games where uh, I can see Sassuolo getting, uh, uh, having a hard time here with... Uh, with Hells Verona, if the coach has to get it right this time, um, I would probably say a draw. Yeah, both teams they like to score goals and 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 uh, they have leaky defenses, so it's going to be an interesting offensive game. Hellas Verona need it's going to be a tricky match to get a rebound win that they desperately need, uh, especially going on the road to Sassuolo. So, in regards to win, I'll just give Sassuolo the slight edge. Yeah, I, I think Verona, they're just in that dip right now. Sassuolo's got better form, uh, especially if they're going to be riding with Scamacca, Raspadori, Berardi, and Fratesi. Should be a Sassuolo win, so I'm going to be taking the Sassuolo win here. Up next, a fixture that was in Serie B last year is in Serie A this year. Venezia hosting Empoli. Both coming off smashings. So something's got to give here. Somebody's got to bounce back. What do we yeah. see happen but who's, here? But who's going to bounce back? Who's who's the more likely to bounce back here? Yeah, Venezia hasn't won in their last three. Ampoli haven't won in their last four matches as well. Uh, yeah, so something's got to give unless they play some boring draw result. <laughs> I don't think you're going to see a boring draw. Uh, I think it's going to be one or the other. And if there's a team that's going to bounce back, if there's a team that's showing that they can bounce back, uh, it's Empoli for me. I'm going to have to go with Empoli too, probably. Uh, I'd say same. I, th- I think uh, Empoli have the edge. All right. Up next, it's at the Stadio Olimpico, Roma hosting Cagliari. Oh, man. I, uh, I don't even know what to think anymore. Um, <laughs> Neither do I. I, just, I have no idea. I mean, like what? I mean, yeah, I mean... Um, uh, I think what scares me is, uh, uh, you know, have have Cal have Calgary uh, figured it out with their new style of play. They're uh, like, are they the real deal to be one of the two, one of the three teams that are in the bottom right now to survive relegation? And I think uh, right now the pressure is on Roma more so than them uh, because Roma's got the the Romanistas. The everybody in Rome's gonna want a response. From Roma, and I think that if we don't win, uh, if we win one nothing, or even if we let Cagliari score, I don't think I think uh, I think Rome Romans and the Roman media will still be uh, upset. Um, so the pressure is all on Rome to get this job done. Uh, I think Roma will win, uh, but uh, but then again, <laughs> I don't know anymore. 
on paper, Roma should win this game. Roma's at home. Roma's obviously got the better, the more talented team. So everything screams to a Roma win. But when we talk about the mentality, when we talk about how Roma are mentally, they are absolutely destroyed. They're going to get ripped apart by the Italian media for the next week. And there is going to be so much pressure on them to win this game. I mean, Roma's next two games. Roma's got this game against Cagliari, and then in the midweek next week, they got their round of 16 match with Serie B-side Lecce. So the the Roman fan base is going to want a response, like you said, Nick. They These two games coming up are going to be must-wins for Roma. And Roma has to win this game. And uh, if Roma does not win this game, they're going to be calling for Mourinho's head. They're going to be they're going to storm Trigoria and they're going to be they're going to over, they're going to take over the training facility. Like that's how that's how bad the atmosphere, the environment is right now in Rome. My honest opinion is Roma's going to burn down. So, I don't think Roma responded in this game. I think they're so deflated, they are so distraught, they're so destroyed that Cagliari is going to take something out of this game. Kylie is going to walk away with a 1-1 draw, and this is going to be a seen as a massive disappointment. Giuliano? Wow. I'm going to give Roma the the edge here. All right. So there's the... Thanks for the confidence, Jules. No problem. <laughs> no, I have none. I have absolutely none. Um, this game is going to be a screamer on Sunday. So Atalanta are hosting Inter. Atalanta yeah. playing for top four. Inter. In at the, yeah, Plan. in Bergamo. Yeah. I don't know. I told you guys. I When you guys read out the January fixture list, I'm not too worried about this fixture. I knew it would be Lazio. I think Atalanta is going to be the same thing. They don't have the defense to to cope with Inter's offense. Yeah. Uh, and, they're playing, and they're playing in the midweeks, right? So Yeah, they're playing in the midweeks. Atalanta can't play as free-flowing as they do against the bottom teams against Inter. Also, they'll get annihilated, so... Uh, Inter's just a more stronger quality team, and they're gonna beat Atalanta. Gasparini's gonna have to pull something special here to get a to get a result. Yeah, I, I yeah, I'll probably go with Inter. Inter, I don't see Atlanta, Atalanta doing their uh, their their thing against uh, such a top form Italian team right now. I just I don't think it works out for them. No, Atalanta are going up against the best Italian team right now, so Atalanta have no chance in this game in my opinion. And I just think Inter's going to be it's going to be a nice comfortable probably 2 to 2 to 1 2 nothing win for Inter. And mm-hmm. uh when you guys see the table after match day 22, Juventus will be on par with Atalanta in the top 4. So that is something scary to think about and it's going to happen. But there are still 3 games left guys to go and they are on Monday, January the 17th. And they kick off with Bologna hosting Napoli. I I think Bologna gets a point out of this game. I don't think uh, they're just uh, down so many players that uh, I uh, it's going to leave Napoli very exposed at the back. Giuliano? Yeah. And they won't have the firepower they did uh, before. I, I agree. I mean, Napoli, yeah, they're running thin. It's in gone. This is going to be one of those tricky fixtures uh, for Napoli. I mean, Napoli for sure could get three points, but it's going to be 
This is a uh, one of those fixtures you put a circle around to keep an eye because there could. This is one of the, you can smell an upset here, kind of with oh, a fixture like this. Big time, especially in Bologna. Yeah. We'll see how Bologna shows up in their game against Cagliari on Tuesday. That will obviously make a difference. Um, and Napoli will have that midweek game against uh, Fiorentina as well. Um, but to me, yeah, I don't think Napoli win this game, so I'm going to call a draw here. Up to up next is AC Milan hosting Spezia. Should be, should be three. Should be routine. Should be routine. routine. Yeah, should be routine for Milan. Would you say, Jules? Yeah, Milan. I'd say it's going to be tight, but Milan win for whatever reason. It's a tight fixture this one. Yeah. So all three, and then finally Fiorentina hosting Genoa. I think Fiorentina win, but is it going to be a high scoring or low scoring game? I think low scoring. I think. It depends on who they may have a new manager, so who knows? <laughs> yeah, who knows yeah, what's gonna yeah, happen? Yeah, never at all. Yeah, new manager or not, Fiorentina's winning this game. You're gonna see Fiorentina. Right. You're gonna definitely see Fiorentina up there. They are so close to the top four guys that uh, this run of fixtures for them it actually works out for them. So they got a pretty pretty decent schedule going forward. So, but they have to capitalize on this because if they don't, it's gonna be another block for them. No, absolutely. So. But Fiorentina should win this game. And that basically sums up match day 22 for the City A. Uh, but as always, Nick, thanks so much for joining us today on the podcast. You're very welcome, guys. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. We thank always you, love Nick. having you. And uh, thanks to all our listeners, thank you so much for all your support um, throughout, uh, throughout the season. Thank you for listening to today's podcast episode. And until next time, ciao ragazzi. Ciao, Ciao, everybody. Ciao, ragazzi.